Welcome to the Arrowhead Attic Podcast. This is Wacky Wednesday. I'm Adam Best, here as always with the golden voice of Sterling Holmes and our guy Richard behind the scenes doing his thing. Sterling, some big news. Juju Smith-Schuster is now a Patriot. He uh, decided to switch from Andy Reid to Bill Belichick. What are your thoughts on uh, on that development? I'm shocked. I- I'm shocked. When you look at the contract, it was, you know, three-year, $33 million, $11 million AAV uh, it just goes to show this wide receiver market is is down from what we all expected. Uh, I'm assuming it's the knee. I'm assuming it's the medicals. Uh, the reports have been the Chiefs did offer a contract to Juju, but it was lower than the Patriots offer. Uh, so Juju going with the money. And we don't know what the actual contract was from Kansas City. It could be a million per year lower. It could have been uh, $6 million per year, right? It could have been almost in half. We don't know, at least currently, what that offer was. Um, but I'm surprised. I, I would have thought Kansas City, after the season Juju had, would have given him a, a deal very similar to this. I know Spot Track had him around, you know, 14 million per year AAV. I, I said a realistic deal for him would, would be about three for 45. I said if that was the case, that's the the absolute max. I probably would have gone for Judas Smith Schuster, but here we are. Three for 33, and he's a New England Patriot going from Mahomes throwing him the rock to Mac Jones throwing him the ball. Got to be different. Yeah, and I think he rode, um, not to take anything away from Juju, but he sort of rode that Andy Reid, Pat Mahomes magic carpet ride to the contract he couldn't get the previous two off seasons. And I mean, there's a track record here of teams not wanting to offer him money. And I think a lot of that is health that he is sort of a player that he's kind of a situational player, a very good one. He's a power slot. I don't know. It just never fully happened for Juju in Kansas City. He had a, he had a good year, a really good year. But if you think back to maybe it was week six, week seven, he had like 200-yard games in a row, and it looked like, oh, man, maybe we're getting 2018, 2017 Juju back. And I think that guy is gone a few things here. I think the wide receiver market is depressed because if you look at what owners in this league do, they're doing it with Lamar Jackson right now, where we didn't like that Deshaun Watson contract. We're not going to let that set the market. We're going to push back hard. Same thing with Christian Kirk. We're not going to let Christian Kirk, that kind of albatross of a contract that Jacksonville paid last offseason. That's not the new normal. These guys, Alan Lazard, Juju, Jacoby Myers, they're like 11, 12 million per players, not 15. And if the Chiefs are willing to let him walk, it does speak volumes about his health. We heard Patrick Mahomes say it took a miracle for him to play in the Super Bowl. Also, it says a lot about Kadarius Tony and Sky Moore, I think. Um, but, but also, they know that the offseason is young and there will be opportunities to add another wide receiver, whether in the, in the draft, trade, someone hanging around like Adam Thielen. You think they definitely need to add, don't you? Yeah, 100%. I think they will add someone. I don't think they're going into next year with uh, what they currently have stocked at wide receiver. No matter how, high, no matter how high you are on Justin Ross, uh, that's not the the game plan going into next hey, year. According to the kingdom, he's already a first ballot Hall of Famer, <laughs> man. Him and Jody Fortson, you know? Um you want to have a little more consistency as someone who's done it, been there before. I, again, I'm, I'm high on Adam Thielen, 30 touchdowns over the past three years, played in all 17 games last season. Is Adam Thielen a game changer? No, but he's very much uh, the same ilk as Juju Smith-Schuster. Okay. Um, a red zone threat. If you look at the numbers from uh, Adam Thielen to Travis Kelsey, when it comes to red zone numbers, they're eerily similar. Uh, Adam Thielen, again, not a game changer, but he's not going to cost a ton of money again, especially when we talk about this dampened wide receiver contract season. DeAndre Hopkins would be outstanding, but then you have to trade for him, and then you're probably going to have to redo his contract. We don't know for sure. We've heard a little back and forth. Will he keep that contract for a contender? Will he automatically want to restructure? That's obviously the biggest difference when it comes to DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, I do expect a relatively early draft pick at wide receiver, but I do think there's still a veteran the Chiefs will add before the season starts. What I would advise them to do is kind of wait because there are going to be contract discussions through the, throughout this offseason, like there was last season with players like A.J. Brown and Debo Samuel 
and Terry McLaurin and DK Metcalf. Now, only one of those guys demanded to trade and, and left town. But you have the same situation coming up with guys like Brandon Ayuk, for example, Rashad Bateman, T. Higgins. You never know. There might be an opportunity for the Chiefs to pounce. I would not, I would not panic. Yeah. No, it's definitely not not time to panic on March 15th. Uh, the biggest question mark of the offseason was left tackle. That was already addressed with Juwan Taylor, obviously, right? So now it's some of the more fun spots. Wide receivers, a fun position, right? Wide receivers, yep. one of those fun positions where you can, you can talk and, and do all that. We, the Chiefs already went out and got an edge slash interior uh, defensive tackle. He's kind of a mix and match guy. He can play all over. Uh, so that's exciting, even with the loss of Colin Saunders. Um, it's, it's not done. I, I do think I agree with you, Adam. They're going to do a little more wait and see. This Chiefs team, they don't need to go out and overpay for guys. Now, I don't think Juju Smith-Schuster got overpaid. Frankly, I don't think uh, Alan Lazard got overpaid. Jacoby Myers, maybe a little bit. But they're going to wait. They're going to see who's there and then make a move. There, there's a thought process behind this. There's a strategy behind this. Uh, if anyone deserves to uh, get the benefit, it's Brett Veach in this front office. For sure. And, and Juju, he's never gotten a big contract. This is the biggest contract he's ever gotten. I understand it from his perspective, but the Chiefs, they just cannot overpay. They cannot overpay, and they have to think long-term at all times. <laughs> Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. McCole Hardman, I, I, I've been seeing a couple comments here. Does this mean McCole Hardman might be coming back? Again, wide receiver market is not what we all thought it was going to be. It really has been. It's been the real estate market. Last year, it was high, 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 skyrocketing. All of a sudden, just stopped. Stopped on a dime. That's what it feels like, real estate, wide receiver market. McCole Hardman, he might be back. Because if he's not getting what he thinks he's going to get, there are obviously concerns injury-wise with what he sustained last year. Is there a chance McCall Harvin's back? Yeah, I expect him to kind of wait it out. Right now, you have all these teams thinking, oh, we can trade for somebody or the, we're going to get somebody in the draft. But as the market dries up, there might be a situation for McCall. But I could also see him because of the in- injury, maybe interest is down in him a little bit. And could see him taking a one-year prove-it deal kind of to uh, to reset his market. Yeah. Uh, before we talk more Chiefs, I want to talk about Casey Beerco. Casey Beerco, we have some breaking news. Sponsors Casey Beerco said they would never release an IPA, but guess what? They brewed one so good, they broke their own rules. Called Never Say IPA, and it is their newest beer, their first IPA to hit the Casey Beer Co. lineup. Beer is a celebration of German and American brewing traditions using both German and American hops, as well as German malt and yeast. Uh, I've not had a chance to try it yet. Uh, I got sick before I was supposed to pick some up. Katie texted me and said, hey, you want to pick up a couple of these IPAs? And I said, oh, hell yeah. And then old boy got sick. So now that I'm starting to feel better, you better believe I'm getting my ass down there and picking some of this up to try. But it's another great beer from the award-winning brewery. Terrific lineups of brews. So whatever type of beer you're onto and you're into, Casey Beerco has a style just for you. Look for the red Casey Beerco cartons in your local store and support the Airhead Attic podcast by supporting Casey Beerco. Uh, anytime you guys um, tag them on Twitter, tag us on Twitter. That means the world to us, means the world to them. Obviously, we're a Kansas City Chiefs-based uh, podcast. They're a Kansas City company. We like the interconnection. We like keeping it in-house, so that means the world to us. Uh, please drink responsibly, 21 and over. You ready to do uh, some awards? It's been a minute. It's been, it's a, been long a minute time. Since, since we've done awards. So let's do some free agency kickoff awards. And the first award is the Leonardo DiCaprio Award. I never question what I'm 
subconsciously attracted to it. Some people would look at me in my life and say it's not normal, and other people might say it is. I don't know. And the winner is Brett Veach. So Leo has a type. If you are a woman over 25, he wants absolutely nothing to do with you. While that is weird for a 48-year-old actor, it, it isn't that weird for a football GM. So look at the major free agent signings of the past two years. Jawan Taylor, 25. Charles Aminahue, 25. Justin Reed, 25. Juju Smith-Schuster, 25. Even Frank Clark and Orlando Brown Jr. were that age. I think maybe Orlando Brown was a few days off when they traded for him. But they were, they were 25. Uh, MVS, Tooney, Honey Badger, there's some outliers there. But I think Veach has a type. So I, I see people keep talking about DeAndre Hopkins. If you're eagerly awaiting Nuke coming to Kansas City, I, I don't think that's going to happen. He's, he's telling us, he's kind of telegraphing his vision to us. Aren't you kind of getting that, that vibe? For the most part, yes. But since Juju is not back, this opened it up a little more for me. I, I was 100% on board, but I was also very convinced Juju was coming back. When you see a dude on Twitter, or should I say TikTok, talking smack like Juju Smith-Schuster was, that led me to believe he was coming back at almost no matter what. Like It, it was a couple million difference Juju's back because you can't talk that smack and then leave. You can't go from winning the Super Bowl to being maybe, what, the third best team in your division, maybe fourth best team in your division. Uh, that's pretty wild to me. But that's neither here nor there. Yeah, if Rodgers ends up actually getting traded to the Jets, then they are the fourth best team yeah. in the uh, AFC so. East. Yeah. So so for me, I would normally say, yes, this has been a youth movement over the past couple off-seasons for Brett Veach. And I loved your comparison of Leo uh Leo to, to Brett Veach. That was very, very funny, very clever. But I think there's always going to be a, a situation that breaks that. And DeAndre Hopkins or Adam Thielen or a veteran wide receiver, I think is going to be the guy that breaks that. Uh, if DeAndre Hopkins comes back or does come and get traded to Kansas City, I do think that would mean that deal's in place. It'd be a two-year deal. I don't think that Brett Veach would sign him to a four-year uh, extension, anything like that. Same thing with Adam no. Thielen. It'd be a one-year, two-year tops. So right. with these veteran pieces, one- or two-year deal, they're not going to sign him to a longer contract. Um, I've been with you, but that's the one pushback I will have is at wide receiver. Yeah, and, and obviously there will be some exceptions. Carlos Dunlap, guys that are coming in for cheap, that want to be part of this. I think there is a little bit of a chief's tax now. If you want to be part of this thing, you know, you're going to have to be a little unselfish. You know, this is not the place you come for top of market money. This is the place where you come to win. If you want to ring and you're a vet, this is not where you come and get one last mountain of gold to end your career. This is where you come to polish your Hall of Fame credentials. And that's what I would tell DeAndre Hopkins. Like, if you want to get in the hall, this is the place to go. Don't worry about resigning. The, the issue with that, though, is, is dudes at that certain age, they always feel like they have one last contract in them. It's very difficult because think about it from, from this perspective. These NFL guys, for the most part, unless you are a Hall of Fame quarterback, Hall of Fame wide receiver, and you're very, very marketable, this might be your last real opportunity for a big payday. You're basically retiring and not just retiring uh, from the NFL, but retiring from the workforce. Yes, a lot of these guys have made a ton of money throughout their career, but you also have a certain lifestyle. You're trying to live that lifestyle. You're also trying to do it for your kids, your grandkids, and your family, right? So a lot of these guys, even at a certain age, they think this is their last chance to get a lot of money. So if that's the case, are you going to take less? You, you might be taking less for the last time in your entire life. So unless you truthfully think you are done, and this is your last chance. Carlos Dunlap, I think, did it, right? That one-year, $3 million contract. I think he thought this is probably his last chance. Melvin Ingram tried, and then what happened? He got more money for Miami. Yeah. DeAndre Hopkins, I still think he probably thinks, and realistically, rightfully so, has more left in the tank. He wants to make some money, and then once he hits 34, once he hits Julio Jones, once he hits A.J. Green, and you're really over the hill, then you'll start signing these one-year veteran-style contracts. I don't think he's there yet. My pushback on that, and, and neither of us know for sure, is that he, he had a market-setting contract that was kind of ridiculous. The, the Cardinals overpaid him uh, to, the, to the point where the rest of the GMs were kind of pissed off about it. And also, I think if you come to Kansas City, 
this is what's surprising about Juju. I think if you look at Kelsey, he's hosting Saturday Night Live. Mm-hmm. You have the chance to kind of become a, a household name, a brand name. If you're going to the Super Bowl over and over and over again, you hear Marshawn Lynch and Gronkowski talk about where they make the most money. And, and, and it's from endorsements. It's from the off the field stuff. I think DeAndre Hopkins is the kind of guy who potentially could make himself a household name if he went to a couple Super Bowls in the next two or three years. I, I think Hopkins already is a household name, at least in my opinion. Uh, again, probably a little agree to disagree, even though I'm, I might be more Hopkins to KC is realistically a, a possibility. I just don't think we're going to see these uh, price cuts that we would hope that some of us might expect because what have we been told throughout the NFL? doesn't happen. We, we think these guys want to take price cuts because they want to win a, win a ring, but it's very rare when that actually happens. We've not seen that. Tyree Kill, Judas Smith-Schuster. Uh, I mean, you look around, so this off the top of my head right here, even Andrew Wiley to an extent, although for Wiley, this is his first real payday in the NFL. We think it means a lot. And to some of these guys, it does mean a lot, but their actions are saying, we want the money. Yeah. That's what we've seen. Yeah, the savings will have to come from Mahomes, Kelsey, Chris Jones, the guys who have made a ton of money and are committed to building a dynasty. It's not probably, I mean, I I think all it takes is one guy coming in for under market because he wants to win a ring. But you heard that James Palmer report. Receivers are blowing Mahomes up, asking to come play with him. We'll see if it materializes. Sure. Sure they are. We've not heard anything. You I'm don't sure believe, they have been, but, but they want they want to have their cake and eat it too. They want to play yeah. with Mahomes, but they want their money. It's not a case of oh yeah, this is a charity. I'm gonna go go ahead and get ripped, get rocked by some dudes, and then uh, still still not get paid. Well, no, they want they want their money too. The cap is about to spike. We've got that Google, we've got that uh, Amazon money coming in. So I think it would behoove players to come in for a year or two. I got your behoove. Thank you. Uh, Thank you. And kind of make things happen in Kansas City, look good playing with Mahomes, and then go out and chase the bag once the once the cap goes up. Uh, let's get into the next award, the Release the Kraken Award. Release the Kraken. Step on up, Charles Aminahue. This trophy is yours. Uh, not to pat myself on the back too much, but last month I called Aminihu being part of the uh, the Chiefs' plans. And so I kind of asked myself, who out of these free agent edges has inside, outside interchangeability, is six foot four or five, 275, 280, and has some long ass arms? And it came down to two guys Zach Allen, who went to the Broncos, and Charles Aminihu, uh, who, who we got at like 33% less per year than Allen, which, you know, the Broncos lose again, right? So Chuck was top 13 in pressures among edges. I'm calling him Chuck because Justin Reed calls him Chuck. So they play, to, they play together in Houston. If, if he calls him Chuck, then, then we can call him Chuck. So he was 13th in, in pressures among edges, despite playing less than 500 snaps. I think he's ready for a full-time role. He simply couldn't get one with the, with the, uh, the Niners. They had Bosa and Armstead and all those guys. It was just crowded. Their defensive line was crowded. Go watch his highlights. To me, he explodes off the screen, really pops. I'm excited about this guy. I've noticed him both when he played with Houston. If you recall back to 2019, he actually strip sacked Mahomes. Hmm. So I, I, I've noticed this guy for years, and I've, I've often wondered, why isn't this guy play, playing more snaps? I think he'll get the chance. Yeah, some of the underlying numbers – of Aminahue are just outstanding. You, you see him in those pressure rate and the win rate numbers up there with, with, with the Bosa's and the other elite edge rushers. And you're sitting here saying, how could he not see the field more? Or why have they not translated to sacks? He's a young guy. Joe Cullen has gotten the best of everyone on this Chiefs defensive line. You're even hearing Chris Jones say how much Joe Cullen's made a difference. Everyone outside of maybe Derek Nottie the only guy that did not take a massive step forward last year. So I'm very excited mm-hmm. for Aminahue here. I can't wait to butcher his name 37 times at a minimum throughout the season. But I saw this on Twitter, and I apologize for not giving you got it right. your credits to Aminahue. I know. I got, uh, Aminahue, yeah, I, I, get it. I got it right now. But I'm going to mess up at some point. I know myself. It's me we're talking about. But 
I, I saw this on Twitter, and I wish I could give credit where credit's due because I forgot. But someone said he reminds them of a souped-up Mike Dana. Again, that was that you. So let me give credit where credit's due. Adam Best said this on Twitter, which at Adam or at Arrowhead underscore Adam, a souped-up Mike Dana, a guy who can play both inside and outside, a guy who can do a little bit of everything. He's a chess piece. The size is there. The speed is there. Uh, with Mike Dana having success last year. I wonder if his role is going to be more increased on the outside, more on the inside, but having two guys with this skill set is very impactful for a team and a defensive quarter and Steve Spagnuolo who likes to get creative. Karloftis can do a little bit of it too. I mean, yeah. Turk Wharton as well. They're, they're very interchangeable now. And you could call him a souped up Mike Dana. You could call him a Kirkland brand, Justin Tuck, whatever way you want to go. Spags got his kind of player. This has Spags written all over it. I think he has to be very happy. And what I love about Juwan Taylor and Charles Aminahue is now we're no longer desperate to go into the first round and get an edge or get a left tackle. We probably don't have to get a wide receiver either that early because of the uh, Kadarius Tony trade, especially if we bring in a vet. So we can kind of just see who falls and, and have some versatility there instead of like, oh my God, we've got a gaping hole we have to fill. Let's get into the next award, the I'm Thinking I'm Back Award. People keep asking if I'm back, and I haven't really had an answer. But now, yeah, I'm thinking I'm back. We got another John Wick this month. Are you Are you into John Wick? Pro- probably not. I know who he is, okay. and it's entertaining. It's, it's Keanu Reeves, right? That's right. It's your alter ego with your hair. Well, I will, I will take that. And my, the hair is about to get cut. I promised my wife if they won a Super Bowl. So, But three-way split here, a football menage a trois of Jody Fortson, Tommy Townsend, and Turk Wharton. These three are uh, they're important players we do not talk about a lot. So Townsend is obviously an all-pro, but he's a punter. Jody Fortson is a fan favorite. Uh, really, I think he has endeared himself to the kingdom by – changing positions by overcoming injuries. The Achilles injury is something brutal to come back from it. In the past, it was a career ender, right? And now he's playing meaningful snaps at tight end in these multi tight end packages, 12 and 13. He sort of uh, rendered Blake Bell expendable in a lot of ways, Mm -hmm. but who I really want to talk about is Turk Warden because on a day where we lose Colin Saunders, and I think another fan favorite, Big personality, showed flashes this season. I think the kingdom is kind of hurting that we lost Saunders. But don't forget about Turk. He looked, re- he was um, really good two years ago. Uh, he was fourth on the Chiefs in pressures uh, despite playing inside and on part-time snaps. He also was third in pass rush win, win rate. That's one of our favorite metrics for edges. So he's a good player. I thought he looked great before he blew out his ACL. He, he just, he's another guy who flashes. If you remember that, uh, that interception he had where he pinned it on the back of an offensive lineman and kind of like flipped it to himself. He, he's another human highlight reel. And I think, um, reports are good that he's recovered and he'll be ready to go for the start of the season. Yeah. I'm excited. One year, $2 million deal. It's not a, a backbreaker. Uh, it's a very, very cheap team friendly deal for Turk Warden. They prove it after the injury. I like the move again, Colin Saunders, congratulations to him uh, getting a large contract. Uh, I will say they're, they're kind of doing this thing where right when we think a guy is starting to turn the next, uh, the, the, the page and, and, and turn that corner, the Saints bring him in Tano Passanio, who again, didn't really turn the corner with new Orleans, but then you're seeing it with, um, with Colin Saunders, he obviously was starting to break out last year, showing a lot of flashes. Not the consistency you'd like to see, but showing flashes. Now what happens? He signs with the Saints. By the way, the Saints are paying Taysom Hill somehow. How the hell are they finding money for all these dudes? It's unreal. That can is getting kicked so far down the road. Uh, if you're playing kick the can, you have a lot of time to get to base. Uh, but good for uh, for Colin Saunders. I'm glad for Turk Wharton. Uh, Jody Fortson, I think you're right, firmly entrenched now as the third tight end on this team. I think Noah Gray 
uh, has done a fine enough job, improved blocking. The Chiefs trust him. As much as I like Jody Fortson, the health is obviously a concern. The Chiefs don't use him that often. The Chiefs just don't. Uh, Noah Gray has been more dependable. I like Jody. I like the potential. But still, we're still talking about potential. At some point, you need to show more than 100 yards in a season. Uh, but Tommy Townsend's an interesting case here. So the Chiefs tendered Tommy Townsend as a restricted free agent, but they tendered him at the lowest level. That means the team has the right to match any offer Townsend gets from another team, but they will not get any compensation if he were to leave. The tender comes in with a $2.6 million uh, tag if he were to stay. I think he would get more than that in the open market. Tommy Townsend was the best or one of the best punters in the NFL last year. Uh, the Chiefs have shown in the past they will cut a guy, even a long-tenured dude in Dustin Colquitt, to save $1 million. They did that. They, they cut Colquitt, who was still effective, over $1 million. This is before Tommy Townsend was a proven commodity. I don't know how I, how I feel about Tommy coming back or not. I would love to have him back in a Chiefs uniform. I think he's obviously a weapon. But again, with the concerns over holding, are you going to make him one of, if not the highest paid punter in the NFL? That's a true concern. I don't know what you would do, but uh, as much as I would like to see Tommy Townsend back, I don't see them making him an offer around 4 or $5 million per year for a punter. I think they're going to let the market set, set that number and then they're going to decide. But I, I, I think he's going to be back. I think it's going to be back. I hope so. Th- this I, number, I, I, I mean, so. you, you, you hear low tender and you're like, oh my God, but he's still, even at this pay, top five, top five punter. So yeah. it's, not like, it's not like they seriously lowballed him or anything. They just didn't go as high as they could to totally like protect him being back. Uh, the other thing about Jody Fortson is uh, actually two thoughts. The first is Mike Burton is gone. Yeah. So you have to wonder if the fullback position is just gone and the Chiefs are going to keep leaning into these multi-tied-in looks. The other thing is, this is, I don't think this is hyperbole. This is the best tight-in class I've ever seen in terms of the draft class. And we've got some good free agents, too. We've got Mike Gusecki. We've got uh, Irv Smith, Dalton Schultz. None of these guys have been signed yet. So if the Chiefs want to upgrade at that position, it, you know there are a lot of possibilities. Yeah, I wonder if this leaves the door open for Blake Bell if they move him to almost fullback full-time because if anyone could play fullback and uh, be on the roster as your fourth tight end, it's Blake Bell. Uh, don't know if they use Noah Gray there, if they use Jody Fortune, they draft a dude in the seventh round, or if they finally say we're not going to go with a legitimate fullback because we don't use them enough and seemed like the rest of the NFL caught up to the fullback dive. About time they caught up to the fullback dive. So I don't know what this means for that position going forward. We know Andy loves that, but maybe Brett Beach says, I don't care if you love it. We're not seeing the value of having a full-time FB on this roster. Yeah, I think it's time to move on. Force Andy's hand a little bit. Yeah. Uh, Let's move on to Hot Take Kingdom. But before we get to Hot Take Kingdom, we have a deal for you guys. If you go to FanDuel, use code Arrowhead, promo code Arrowhead. You get a no sweat first bet up to $1,000. I like money. You like money. Seems like a good deal to me. $10 first deposit required. New customers only. 21 plus and present in Kansas. Gambling problem? 1-800-522-4700-Kansas. See full terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com or in the description below. All right. Adam Lee back in one second. He has a, a jaw issue, okay? He's got a jaw issue. He's getting it figured out, and he's hurting. We're fighting through this together. Adam's fighting through that as I'm fighting through a migraine. So I see y'all saying, where'd he go? And look at that. Dude is already back. No, we did not replace Adam. He's irreplaceable. He's the Patrick Mahomes. He's a Travis Kelsey. I appreciate (laughs) what I miss. It's like when you you come back uh, from a bathroom break during a movie. You missed everything. We already did Hot Take Kingdom. We did literally everything. Yeah, yeah. No, let's get into Hot Take Kingdom right now. For those of you that don't remember... It's been a while. Hot Take Kingdom is something that we do where Adam introduces a concept, and I will poke and prod you guys in the audience in the chat. Give us your decisions. We will end this with a poll, and I either enter the kingdom of Hot Take, or I say, nah, it's a horrible idea, Adam. That's just stupid, dude. That's just a horrible idea. I'm going to try and fight you for it. That doesn't happen very often, but very rarely it it, it does. We throw hands. Uh, So what's your hot take this week? This week's hot take kingdom is 
Jawan Taylor will be a better fit for Kansas City than Orlando Brown Jr. Welcome to the kingdom. I miss that music, man. That's the jam. So let's start with the obvious. Brown was a very good player and a really solid technician, but he was a laughably bad athlete with, he- with heavy feet. He basically had the worst combine you've ever seen. And I, I think if it weren't for his stature, just being a, a mountain of a man and his, his family pedigree and, and how he produced in college, he might not, not even made the league. And on the other hand, Taylor can, can really move. He's a dancing bear out there. You see him work out. You see him in the field. He's light. You see the clips of him staying with elite pass rushers like Max Crosby, J.J. Watt, Hassan Reddick even, Micah Parsons even. Those are the kind of guys that Orlando Brown Jr. struggles with. He looks great. He beats up on 90% of the league. But you throw him against a Miles Garrett, and he's going to get his lunch eaten. And that's part of the problem. So JT, I'm calling him JT. I kind of like that. I think he has a chain that says JT. Um, He's just as long as OBJ, not not height-wise, but arm length. Arm length is they have the same length arms. And actually... I think it's better to be 6'5 than 6'8 or 6'9, whatever Orlando Brown is, because sometimes we see this with the, the player that the Broncos signed that I don't like, Mike McGlinchey, the tackle. When you're like 6'9, you play too tall sometimes. You have an, an issue with leverage. So I, I don't know. I think you get the best of both worlds. You get a more, more compact body with the same reach here. He's also a year younger. So when you're tethering someone to Mahomes for four years, every year kind of counts. Not the biggest deal in the world, but again, the Leonardo uh, DiCaprio rule. You got to be, you got to be 25. So, um, and for the first time, arguably ever in the pros, Jawan received elite coaching this year and he put the, he put together a, an, an elite performance. So I'm kind of throwing out what happened with him previously. It takes offensive linemen some time. For, the, for kind of things to click. And I'm just, the Urban Meyer year in Jacksonville, I'm not holding that against one single player on the roster. Not Lawrence, not him, uh, nobody. That was a complete disaster, a debacle, a travesty. Kind of doing a Sterling here. But so he responded by being the, uh, the third lowest tackle in pressure uh, percentage behind only, these are some great names, Tristan Wirfs and Lane Johnson, elite company there. So he gave up less pressures, Taylor did, in the past two seasons than Brown did this season. So Kansas City, how many chances did they have to extend Brown? Multiple. Uh, they, they, they had multiple. They had, they had last year with no ramp up period because of an agent, and they had this year. And they also had when they traded for him. I mean, uh, the Broncos traded for Russell Wilson and, and signed him right away. Jalen Ramsey, it sounds like he's getting a new contract. That happens a lot. So they had three opportunities to, to resign him and they declined or to extend him and they declined every time. So my hunch is that they got in a pinch after the Super Bowl against Tampa Bay, that loss. And Brett Veach said, never fucking again. I'm not letting Patrick Mahomes take this kind of beating and lose the, the big game because he couldn't, we couldn't protect him and we couldn't buy him time. We're never doing that again. But they were kind of in a in a pickle because picking late in the first round, you don't know if you're going to get a starter who's who's adequate. And I just think he was the best guy they could find in that moment that they knew could do an above average job. But he's always been a bit of a uh, square peg in a round hole because this is the past happiest team in the league. He came from a running system. He's a better run blocker than pass blocker. And I think one of the issues is Mahomes gets out of structure. He extends plays and Brown can't keep up with these guys. You, that's when you see Mahomes get sacked, Mahomes uh, get pressured. So I just think it doesn't matter who is the better player. He's a better fit for what the Chiefs want to do. He's a better fit for the Chiefs want to do, want to do. And he also, Orlando wanted more money than this. So financially, I think it's a savvy move as well. You've heard my case, Sterling. I've rambled enough. Should we lower the castle gates or should we keep them up? 
So before I get to that, and I do want to get to this, All right. there's a couple of funny comments I want to get to. Um, I saw barbecue, you smiling. Barbecue vibes and longboard rides is we need a term for a Sterling rant it, it, with no more Verderance. And I saw a couple of good ones. Sterling hollers and Sterlinguistics. That was a good one from uh, Angry Drunken German. I like that one a lot. Mm -hmm. uh, and also Richard, our producer, uh, said something that made me chuckle. Had a nice little flashback here. He said he's having a sterling moment in regards to you. You had a sterling moment. And fun fact, no one knows what this is probably. But here in Kansas City, when I was like ages four to about 10, I used to be on the radio. Uh, it was for KY102 and 997KY, a classic rock station. My mom was uh, one of the morning hosts. And they used to have me on and say dumbass things on air. And it was called a Sterling Moment. It was called a, it was a whole segment called Sterling Moment. So Richard somehow must have known and busted that out from when I was just a, a little wee tyke. I've long suspected that he uh, was telepathic. He just gets it. You know, he. he you tell, start to tell him something and he's already on the same page. But I had a feeling, you also had a feeling you were like the Doogie Hauser of Kansas City Radio. And I, and I, was, I was right. Uh, and, and yes, Angry Drunken German, I loved uh, Sterlinguistics. I thought that was in incredible. I'm giving you your props. I don't know if anyone else in the chat is, but I thought that was just phenomenal. Um, and uh, Beard Team 6 brought up a good point. Orlando Brown said it was hard in KC because of all the one-on-one -on -one matchups. And we have heard that from left tackles. Eric Fisher said the same thing. Uh, and it wasn't – the headline sounds worse than what was actually said. He, he loves the challenge of one-on-ones. He wasn't saying that he hates it. He wants to always get help. But what he was saying was there's a lot of one-on-one -on -one matchups here in Kansas City. And alluding to your point, Adam, he struggled against speed rushers. And this is why I think we're going to see – Juwan Taylor be better in the long run. I don't think right now on March 15th, year 2023, that he's a better tackle, especially left tackle than Orlando Brown Jr. I don't. But is he a better fit, especially in the long term for Kansas City? Yes, yes, he is. The athleticism jumps off the charts. And as you mentioned, by the way, this is what I was saying when Orlando Brown Jr. came to Kansas City. Everyone kept saying, well, isn't he going to get better because he's young? Because he's young. I say, no, no, he is not because he doesn't have great feet. You're going to max out early in your progression. This is who he is. Juwan Taylor, he's not a finished product. If anyone can get, get more from less, it's Andy Heck, the offensive line coach. We saw Andrew Wiley go from undrafted to getting a three-year, $24 million deal. We see Creed Humphrey go from a, a good center – we all thought it was going to be a good center to an elite center, maybe the best in the NFL. We see progression from everyone. So Andy Heck's going to get the best from Juwan Taylor. Mahomes is a magician. He can extend plays. I see people saying, yeah, but Trevor Lawrence got the ball out quick. So maybe so, so maybe the, the numbers aren't great or they, they might look better than they really are. But again, Juwan Taylor's better in pass protection than run block. This team, they run the ball about, what, 12 times a game? Who cares? Yeah. Give me Jawan Taylor for the long haul. A couple of numbers I want to point out really quickly. If you listened to me yesterday, I've gone through these before, but I'll do it one more time. Jawan Taylor gave up a league high 40 sacks, posting the 56th best pass, uh, pass block win rate as an offensive tackle from 2019 to 2021. But last year, he gave up only six sacks, finished 37th in pass block win rate among offensive tackles. So that's a huge improvement. I'm not saying that that's elite. That was average. But we're seeing him progress in the right direction. If you want to say the contract years undefeated, I'll, I'll listen to it. But I think this is just the time in a offensive tackles progression when they start taking that next step. You see top five tackles who are drafted take a year or two before they really start getting their footing. It makes sense it takes time. Edge and tackle are the two spots that I always say it's the hardest to go from college to the NFL. And we're seeing it throughout the entire league. Juwan Taylor is going to be fine. He will improve. And I'm agreeing with you, Adam. Let down the, the drawbridge. I'm heading into nice. the kingdom. Yeah, I don't think Orlando is wrong because the Chiefs really like to get five guys out on routes. So they want people to be able to hold up one-on-one. -on -one. And I think, I think I value his feet over that big frame of Orlando Brown. And I trust the two coach Andes. The move will not be easy. But the way the Chiefs think... They're not worried about week one or week four or week eight. They're worried about how the team is playing in week 18. And I feel like whether it's the offense or especially the defense, you know, they always, 
they always have these guys playing. They throw them in the deep end. We saw this with other positions. We saw this with um, the corners last season. Were they ready to be out there against Devontae Adams early in the season or Mike Williams? They were getting cooked. But by the time they were playing against Chase and Higgins and Brown and Smith in the playoffs, they were, they were battle tested. So I think they have a, the long view here. And again, I trust the, uh, the two coach Andy's Reed and yeah. heck to uh, mold this. Um, he's a great piece of clay, I think. Yeah. And one thing I will say, or should I say two things? Um, it was a sunk cost and the chiefs treated it as a sunk cost with Orlando Brown Jr. They didn't double down on a decision because they gave up what amounted to a late first round draft basically for him. They didn't say, well, we gave this up. So now we have to resign him. They didn't do that. They, they treated this as a completely separate deal, which is a great idea. I love when they use a sunk cost, cost method in the NFL. I love when Brett Veach uses it specifically. I like this. Great move. Second thing and final thing before we move on, with Orlando Brown Jr., I don't like folks who are taking shot at, shots at him on Twitter. I don't get it. Uh, if he's not your favorite dude, if you don't like the way he went about trying to get more money, that's fine. But, but dude was a consummate pro. He didn't talk about it during the regular season. He was a integral part of winning a Super Bowl for Kansas City. They probably don't get it if he's not there at left tackle. We saw what happened with a with a banged up O line in the past. Uh, I get it, but for what was given up and the production he eventually had, you would take that. We know you win with Orlando Brown Jr. We don't know what happened with him not at left tackle. I don't want to rip on the dude as he's on his way out. I think it's a little soft. I'm seeing people do it with Juju Smith Schuster too. I just don't like that. I like saying, hey, you know what? Good for you. You go get your money. Thanks for the ring. I'm not going to talk about you, not think about you, but I'm not going to kick you when you're down. Not what I'm going to do. At the same time, I I come from the school thought that my loyalty is not to the players. It's not to Brett Veach or Andy Reid or anybody in that front office or in that locker room. It's to the fans. It's to the the logo. I mean, we're all going to be around together 20 years after Mahomes is gone. So I do think these guys put their gladiators who put their bodies on the line and they deserve our respect, but that doesn't mean we have to fawn over them or be disingenuous when they, when they leave. I'm not not saying, I'm not saying, I'm just saying saying don't rip on the dude. I I know, I know, but I'm, 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 I'm a straight shooter with these guys when they walk out the door and sometimes she's fans get mad. They get mad. They think it's, it's, you know, it's not the classy thing to do. And I just don't think we have to sugarcoat it. If Frank Clark, Frank Clark, Orlando Brown Jr., and Juju Smith-Schuster were important parts of this team last year, they, they definitely were. I commend their service. I'm glad they're going to find new homes and all that. But when people go and say, oh, we wouldn't have won Super Bowls without Frank Clark or Orlando Brown or, or Juju Smith-Schuster, I think that's, that's, um, that's correlation, not causation, Right. The only three guys I'm really crediting the Super Bowl wins to, and I'm saying we can't win a Super Bowl without these guys, are Kelsey, Jones, and Mahomes. And, and I think it's kind of unfair not to say that those are the, those are the only guys on this roster that are irreplaceable. So that, that's just kind of where I'm at. And I, I think, I think uh, you want to be, be classy and say, hey, Juju, you did great. Orlando, you did great, especially in the playoffs. But uh, we'll be fine without you. Best of luck. Yeah. No, and I agree. I think Steve Cashman says we cheer for the uniforms. Most guys are replaceable. I agree. I'm, I'm not saying they're irreplaceable. I'm not saying uh, – you heard me. I'm, I'm with you, Adam. I think Juwan Taylor is going to be better in the long haul for the Chiefs than Orlando Brown Jr. It's not too, from a case of replacement. It's from a level uh, – a place of respect. It's a place of gratitude, a place of – I know what happened, what they went through, how they got here. And they went about it the right way when they were here. They did. Orlando Brown, Orlando Brown Jr. didn't air his, his grievances during the season. Judas Smith-Schuster stayed off his, his TikToks during the season. Give him credit for that. Must be hard for him. Uh, but I'm just not going to take a shot as they leave. That's just what uh, my feelings are, and I'll leave it I will there. not miss the, uh, the incoherent TikToks. I mean, I still, yeah, I I still have no clue with that. Uh, They're painful. They hurt. It, it, yeah, it was cringe, as the kids say. Dog, I'm 28. I feel like I'm the target market. I feel like I'm the age who they're trying to uh, market to. And I'm still sitting here going, this is what people my age watch? This is what they dig? Is this supposed to be funny? Am I supposed to laugh right now? It's I don't get it. The Valentine to James Bradbury was kind of clever. And he just should have quit while he was ahead. 
Now, now if he sees AJ Brown, he's probably going to get his ass beat. And <laughs> I think AJ needs some uh, anger management courses. Dog, AJ Brown and the Eagles when they play the Patriots, whenever that may happen, is going to be wild because he won't have the he has the ring long term. Juju does, but he doesn't have his teammates backing him anymore. Completely different case, different scenario. That will be interesting. Yeah, he, my man, Eli appled himself a little bit. You know, you, you don't want to put yourself in the crosshairs like that. I think he kind of did. You ready to uh, move on to one of your favorites, I think, the KC stock market, a little pump or dump action? Yeah, dude, I love the uh, this one. This is one of my favorite ones. Let's get into it. And before that, Jesus Perez says here that Frank can still come back. I guess anything's possible or anything is possible in Kansas City, but uh, I don't know, man. I don't know. I don't really see it, but uh, I think some other team is going to get intoxicated by the leadership, the rings, the 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 brand on the can. So yeah. Uh, moving on to the stock market, the rest of the AFC West is now in worse shape than it was two weeks ago. Pump or dump. So Chargers, Raiders, Broncos long-term positioning are they better or are they worse hmm that's tough man uh i'll go you talking about for next year or long term long term long term yeah they got worse but I, I think in the short term the broncos got a lot better the broncos got a lot better in my opinion with the offensive line additions ben powers and mike mcglinchey I think that's a, a pretty big boost I, again I, i'm not sold on them by any means i'm not sold on russell wilson you know this. I'm not really sold on Sean Payton. Folks act like he's Bill Belichick, and in reality, he's he's what one as many as Mike McCarthy. I'm not saying he's Mike McCarthy, but he's closer to McCarthy than he is to Bill Belichick. Um, I think Derek Carr is Ouch. better than Jimmy G. Well, I mean, I think it's a fair comment to say. Um, no, it, it 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 is. It's just not the most flattering comparison. But hey, no. you're, you're not wrong. No, I think the Broncos got better. I think the Chargers are still the Chargers. We'll see. The Raiders got worse long term. The Raiders got worse by bringing in Jimmy G. And, and I, I kind of understand the thought process of originally you wanted to keep Darren Waller, Devontae Adams, Hunter Renfro. You want to keep your core and think, hey, if we can put up a lot of points, maybe we have some still here. Well, Darren Waller's now gone for a third-round draft pick. Unless you're drafting a quarterback and your thought process was we want Jimmy G to be the bridge, then I'm all in. Then that makes sense. Because I think Jimmy G is a good bridge quarterback. But you sign him to a three-year contract. He's there for at least two plus years. I don't. I don't get that personally. Uh, it sounds like they're just too stubborn to blow it up. Doesn't seem like anyone wants to play for Josh McDaniels. But I think the Raiders got worse for the long run. I think the Broncos got worse for the long haul. But you kind of have to go all in when you have uh, the contract that's given to Russell Wilson. Not only that, we're seeing what Sean Payton did in New Orleans, which what he's saying is, I'm going all in, and when I leave, it's not my problem. We saw it in New Orleans. We're seeing it in Denver. Yeah. When, when it's time to pay the piper, he will no longer be the head coach, so he doesn't care. Yeah, he's uh, he's going to dine and dash, man. He's not sticking around for the bill. But, I, you know, I, I have a feeling when he met with um, ownership, that new ownership group, he said, Gail Benson in huh. New Orleans, part of my agreement was, I got to max out the credit card every season, every offseason. That's going to be the drill here if you want me. And they said, okay. So that's, I don't like Mike McGlinchey. I said this earlier, I think he is he's too tall and he just doesn't play with good leverage. He's not a $90 million player. So I like Jawan Taylor a lot better than him. And then, I, I, I mean, I think Zach Allen and Aminahue are comparable, but I'll take the guy, if they're that comparable, I'll take the guy that costs 66% of the, uh, of the, of the, the price tag. But I'm not, I'm not uh, the Broncos are the one team that I'm not certain got worse because I think they're just going to keep spinning like this every year. That new ownership group, they, they telegraphed that when they got, went out and got Sean Payton, when they were the big spenders of day one of the tampering, uh, the tampering period. The Raiders, I'm going to push back a little bit. I think Jimmy G is a bridge quarterback. I think he's a good bridge quarterback. So with the number seven pick, if they go out and get Anthony Richardson and say, this kid is not ready to play this year, he might not be ready to play next year, but three years from now, he's, if we can get him going, he, he's the kind of guy that has the upside to eventually maybe theoretically compete with Patrick Mahomes and Justin Herbert. I think that's what they're looking for long-term. And if they're getting Jimmy G at 
two thirds of the cost of Derek Carr, I think that's a win. Um, I like Jacoby Myers. I think he is a, a, it confuses me a little bit that you have Hunter Renfro in the slot and Jacoby Myers, who's best in the slot. He can play outside a little bit, but that, that doesn't really fit. And then trading Darren Waller for a third, which coincidentally was the Kadarius Tony pick to, to, you know, that AFC West serendipity. Uh, I don't get that. I know he's been hurt. I imagine he's been frustrated. I think I heard today that there's a little bad blood because at the combine, uh, Josh McDaniels basically outed his his private wedding to a pro basketball player. I can't remember her name. I mean, th- those kids are going to be a- off the charts athletes. But in- anyway, so I, th- I think the Raiders got worse that Waller trade mainly, and they're going to draft a quarterback probably, and who knows how that will turn out. And then the Chargers are a mess. They, they can't afford to sign anybody. The only guy they brought in is Eric Kendricks, who's a 31-year-old linebacker. And then uh, Austin Eckler, kind of the, the, the heart and soul of that team, wants out. And I don't begrudge them um, for not wanting to throw the bag at Eckler. If you look at the Dallas Cowboys, Ezekiel Elliott wrecked their franchise. Now, I'm not saying he wasn't a good player, but when you pick him fourth over Jalen Ramsey fifth, and then you re-up him with a, with a million miles on the tires when you could have just gone to Tony Pollard and you spend seven years committed to that running back and you have to let Amari Cooper go, uh, the edge, I'm blanking on his name, that they, they let Randy Gregory, that they let go to, to the Broncos. I, I just don't think over-committing to an aging running back is the right move, but He's not, he's not your normal running back, right? He's a special kind of player. He's more Christian McCaffrey than, than, than Bruiser, maybe Christian McCaffrey light. So it'll be interesting to see what they do at the running back position. But I think they've certainly uh, are, are in a worse situation because last year they were looking at that rookie contract for Herbert and saying, we can afford to load up. I think now that they've got cheap ownership, they're thinking about, We've got to ex- extend Herbert. Do you think that's a fair assessment of the of the Chargers? Yeah, I think it's very fair. And also, I'm a huge Eckler guy. Uh, no one was going to give Zeke that contract except for Jerry Jones. We know who who and why that is. He 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 won Super Bowls in the '90s by running the football, so he thinks that's the same way to do it now. Uh, obviously, the NFL has gone by Jerry Jones. I like Austin Eckler a lot, though, and I think he's very good for that offense. He's great checking the ball down. He's great in short yarded situations. Uh, he was going to get paid, I think, six point two five million per year. I'm not a guy whose whose team pay running backs, but I think he deserves more than that. More than that, based on his pass catching ability, and that's why I think he is a little different in that regard because he is such a good pass catcher and receiving back. He's so versatile, can do it all. Uh, undrafted guy, so it goes to show you don't have to spend a first rounder on a running back to get elite production at running back. Um, and the chat is saying that Zeke got cut today. Yeah, he did. Um, my question is, you saw this with Saquon, Tony Pollard, and Josh Jacobs. If you're worried about committing long-term to a running back, why not franchise tag Austin Eckler at like $10 million? That that's, seems like a, a, an amount of money you can stomach. I, I'm just I a little... I don't think he wants that, and I, yeah. I, I, I don't know if they are even able to pay a running back $10 plus million, even mm-hmm. on a franchise tag. That's $10 million that year. That's $10 million on the cap right then and there. Right. No, no making that extended. You're not doing no funny money. No funny money. So I don't think there's they can do that. I don't think they want to do that. And I think it's kind of a, a two way street. Gotcha. All right. Are you so I'm pumping that? Are you pumping or dumping? Yeah, I'm. I'm on the fence. That's one of the, the rare ones where I'm like, yeah, the the Chargers I think hold serve. I think the uh, Broncos got better. And I think the Raiders got worse. Which I think it's basically what you say every single offseason. And somehow the national media will still pick the Chargers to win the AFC West. Uh, let's get into the next one. The Chiefs should have re-signed Andrew Wiley at $8 million per year for the sake of continuity alone. It was an affordable deal, pump or dump. Oh, man. I'm very tempted to pump because it, it, when you really think about it, a guy that started every game and held up in the playoffs and played better as the season went along, uh, not old. It, it, it's not that much money. And at the same time, I just, I think we can do better. I think we can do, find someone younger. Uh, I don't believe in Lucas Niang, so it scares me a little bit, but I, I'm dumping. I'm dumping. I'm dumping. I, I really like Andrew Wiley and I like his versatility, but that's just too much money. 
that's just too much money for a um, a right tackle. You can get a veteran right tackle on a much cheaper deal. We saw that year after year. Uh, I think they'll probably draft a guy at right tackle. I think Lucas Niang Lucas probably gets the first crack at right tackle. But again, you can't rely on him. He's been banged up. You have Darian Kennard, which whatever your thoughts are there, they moved him to guard at one point last year. Uh, I don't know if that was for versatility reasons or if that was a case of they didn't think he was legitimate right tackle long-term and he fits more as a guard in the future picture. But I do think they'll probably go out and get a veteran right tackle at some point, but someone more along the lines of a one-year $3 million, not a three for 24. I love Andrew Wiley. Did a great job. The uh, American dream personified in the NFL, right? An undrafted guy coming from nothing. You're on three different practice squads. Next thing you know, you get your opportunity and you don't let it go. Next thing, you're looking at a $24 million contract. So I'm thrilled for Andrew Wiley, but that's just too much for Kansas City. But the team that found Andrew Wiley, that found Trey Smith, we have to trust them to find someone at right tackle. Lucas Niang is not out yet, but you better believe that as free agency goes on, especially as the the draft goes on, uh, seems like right tackle is a pretty strong position in this class. So they're going to take another swing. Yeah. Last one. Let's do it. The Chiefs trade a first round pick almost every other year. The trend continues in 2023. Pump or dump? I could see this going either way. I'm going to dump. I'm not totally ruling it out, but I've just heard that Clark Hunt does not want them to trade their first round pick this year because he, Kansas City's hosting the draft. I think they want that player on the stage. So I think if they're going to trade, they're going to like wait and do like a draft night announcement or something. I I don't know. There's a lot of PR involved. Ultimately, Clark Hunt has to sign off on big decisions. And I I, I think he wants us to make that pick at 31. I I don't think that you should factor in uh, you hosting the draft as a reason or not for trading out of that pick. But I do think I would be shocked if the Chiefs traded out of 31. Um, I'm going to dump, but is trading up considered um, no, no. It's then, not. Yeah, I'm still, then, then I'm for sure dumping. Because, yeah, I think they trade up, but I don't think they trade out of the first round. Uh, I think they want that fifth-year option on someone. I don't know who that fifth-year option is going to be, but that's going to be the main source of why they keep that first-round draft pick. Maybe they, tr- they trade up and they draft a left tackle or a right tackle. Um, I'd be a little surprised. Maybe they draft an elite wide receiver. But my best guess would be they stay where they're at, draft someone back into the first round, keep that fifth-year option in their back pocket. That's the way I see the Chiefs going and handling this. Yeah, I just don't expect us to do like a Frank Clark or Orlando Brown type deal this year where we, we ship that first round pick. Um, but I'm, I'm with you. Now we, we have a lot of draft picks. A dozen guys, a dozen rookies aren't making this team. Now I say that in what, like 10, 10 rookies played in the Super Bowl. But because the draft class hit last year, now there's even less ro- a roster space available. So I think we're going to package some of those um, – some of those picks and move up at some point, especially mm. if there's a receiver or a tackle or an edge sitting there, maybe where Trent McDuffie was. And we're like, if we can just get up 10 spots, we can get kind of our, our, our dream player. I think you could see that. Yeah. I'm with you. Uh, a trade up seems way more likely than a yeah dumping, dumping hard, big, hard dump. <laughs> Someone needs to get off the air. So you can you take, you'll have plenty of time to take care of that tonight, man. Come on. You know what I meant. I know. What you it's mean. the name of the game. Adam. I know. I chose pump and dump for comic reasons. And I think, oh, did you I, think we, I think we've maxed out, uh, we've maxed out the comedy there, but uh, that's all we've got for you guys. Um, I, I hope nothing broke while we were on the air. Who knows? I'm sure something did, but um, yeah, let's uh, let's keep watching what the chiefs do in free agency. I think it's going to be an, an exciting off season. I mean, the chiefs are kind of like game of Thrones. Anybody can go at any time, right? Yeah. Other than Mahomes and, and Kelsey. And I guess like Mahomes, Kelsey, and Chris Jones are basically like, you're not going to get this, but Daenerys, uh, Jon Snow, and Tyrion uh, Lannister. And like everyone else, you're like, they those three aren't dying, but ever, anybody else can die at any time. I think that's what our roster is like, you know? that, And it, it's a little bit jarring to be like, oh God, Juju, you just got here. Now you're leaving. It's a revolving door, but I think it's something we're going to have to get used to because this is the way dynasties are built. 
all I could think about was I don't understand what you're talking about with Game of Thrones. And the second thing I thought was hilarious, which was, was it angry, drunken? No, no. Barbecue vibes and longboard rides. Pump and dump brought to you by Pepto-Bismol. The fact that we don't have a sponsor for pump or dump uh, is, is mind blowing. Trojan would also work. I'm just saying, I'm not going to go too far into that, but um, you know, on All that, right, this note, was the Arrowhead Attic Podcast. Before Richard cuts the feed, uh, I will be joined by Patrick Allen tomorrow. I'll be filling in, doing the show with him tomorrow at four o'clock. We'll be joined by guess who? Melissa Etheridge. We're gonna have oh, a lot wow. of fun. Uh, really excited to talk to her. So, Melissa Etheridge, Patrick Allen, and myself tomorrow from four to five. Adam, what do you have going on? What do I have going on? Yeah, any TikToks coming up? You have any? Oh yeah, any I'll, articles I'm getting released. Do, so I, uh, I'm going to put together a uh, Charles Aminihue kind of TikTok. The other thing I'm going to do, I don't know what I'm writing the newsletter on this week. I haven't decided yet. I've kind of been letting the other shoe drop with free agency, but you can look out for the newsletter too. That will be here by Friday or Saturday at the latest. I'd like to get it to you guys sooner, but I'm just kind of figuring out what I want to write about. But. Uh, the content gods are, are giving us a lot to work with right now. So got to love that because we're going to hit a dry spot here, you know, here in June, it's going to be, it's going to be rough. Yeah. And if you want to read that, subscribe below. It's the newsletter from Adam. You have to be a YouTube member to receive that. So make sure you subscribe, make sure you like this video. If you'd like to give us a review, we would really, really appreciate this wherever you get your podcast, wherever you consume it. That does mean the world to us. Anything that you like from us, anything we could do better, still give us five stars, but let us know what we could do better. This is the Arrowhead Active Podcast, Wacky Wednesday edition. Until next time, we are out. Oh,